ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of Panel Riot. I am just so very glad that you're here with us this week. Uh, this week we are talking with Asher Powell. She is a writer, illustrator uh, for Vertigo Comics, as well as a number of other projects, and we're going to talk about all of them. But uh, before we can get into that, intern Stan, a theme song, if you please. Stan, that was great. I'm sure that was fantastic. Uh, I don't know where you've gone now. You've completely disappeared from the room, and uh, it's pretty standard, I guess, shiftless layabout that you are. Um, We are going to get right to it, folks. We are talking to Asher Powell. She's on the line right now. Say hello. Hello. now I, I'm just going to do a quick rundown of your uh, of your credits here. Um, you are a uh, published writer. Um, you've been published on Salon, Io9's Observation Deck, um, and you uh, you also worked for uh, I've already forgotten how to pronounce it. Avaya, Avaya, Avaya. I can't pronounce anything correctly. <laughs> uh, and now you work at a comic shop. Yes, uh, Lee's Comics in Mountain View. Excellent. I am their minister of propaganda. That's my official title. <laughs> nice. That's a that's a good business card to have. Um, and uh, you're also heavily involved in the uh, uh, San Francisco Comics Festival as the creative brand director. Yes. Uh, so we just finished our first comics festival for 2015. Now we're working towards 2016. Fantastic. Um, but. The, the main reason that we have you on here is to talk about your work with uh, Vertigo Comics. You've been picked up with the, uh, the, by the DC imprint Vertigo Comics uh, under their emerging talents. And, um, well, I'll let you, uh, let you tell the folks about it. Okay. So um, at Emerald City uh, 2015, uh, Vertigo Comics did something a little bit unprecedented, which was they went around and um, looked at booths, and if they liked your work, they would give you an appointment to meet with their editors for either a portfolio review if you were an artist or a pitch session if you were a writer. Um, I went in and I did a pitch session, a pitch session um, and out of everybody who was given time with them, there were two people who got the contract one artist and one writer, and I was given the writer's contract. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, and it's all surreal. Yeah. <laughs> um, and when, when, I'm sorry, when was that? Uh, that was in, oh, geez, uh, March, I believe, March or April, uh, for Emerald City. Excellent. Yeah. And, uh, and what has the, the process been like uh, since then? Um, well, we moved pretty quickly because they wanted me in their SFX uh, anthology. They put it out quarterly. So uh, they essentially took we, we took an, indi- an idea that we talked about um, initially, and we developed it into a script. 
it's been a really great experience with them. Um, they have a great editorial team, and um, it's just been great to work with them creatively and be able to say that um, I have something out through Vertigo, or soon to be out, or I guess out, considering the date that this is airing. Right, right. Yeah, we're we're recording a little bit ahead of time, but this um this is actually dropping on the same day that your uh your comic is also coming out. Yes. Uh ten ten twenty eight, is that right? So by the time you guys hear this, it will be available. Yes, you can go down to your local comic book shop and pick it up. Mm-hmm. Uh Lee's Comics, is that right? Yeah, Lee's Comics in Mountain View. We also have Lee's Comics in San Mateo if you're very Bay Area local. Fantastic. Uh, and if you're in Pittsburgh, um, we'll fly to California and go buy a comic. Um, that's, uh, that's fantastic. Do you think you're going to have any uh, future projects with them? I would love to have a future project with them. Um, I'd love to be able to announce a project or anything like that, but um, <laughs> comics is very, uh, uh, it's a business where you're very patient. Mm-hmm. But yes, I would love to work with them. Excellent. That's possible. Um, how long have you been uh, have you been writing for? Um, I've actually been writing for a really long time. I'd say probably within the last uh, five or six years. Um, but like most other things, you know, the first couple of things that you do tend to not be uh, noticed, and you need to kind of practice and and build up a reputation or at least just learn how to uh, work with others in mm-hmm. terms of collaboratively. Have you always had your eye on, on writing for comics or were you just uh, writing in general and, and comics found you? You know, it was really interesting. I actually went to school to be a, to work in traditional animation as a storyboard artist. And I was going to work, uh, I was going to college in the Bay area, uh, the Academy of Art University and I decided to take a comic book writing class because I kind of felt that the, the difference between comic panels and storyboarding panels wasn't all that different. And as well as there was a big focus on story. And upon taking that class, I kind of became, after that initial class, I kind of became the TA. And <laughs> <laughs> then I just kind of joined the comic book club and I just got further and further away from animation while I got deeper and deeper into comics. And soon I was the vice president of the college comic book club and I was running stuff and I was going to conventions and I was helping people table. And on the side, I was just kind of working on ideas that I thought would make great comics. Mm -hmm. And just from there, I just got into blogging more because I kind of felt that that helped improve my writing overall. Um, and just getting myself out there, and eventually it led to this. So it was kind of a long, a long road that wasn't necessarily planned. Right. Now, um, with that, uh, with the comics club in college and everything like that, was that like your first exposure to comics? Were you a longtime reader before then, or what was your uh, what was your background like? So I kind of fallen in and out of comics. I started. I guess my very first comic book experience was about when I was three or four years old and my dad started taking me to the comic book shop to pick up his comics and they always had a kid's section. So he turned me loose on the kid's section and I would go get Disney comics and he would go pick up like his Green Lanterns and the Supermans. And um, when we went home, he would read me the comics that I bought. 
So it was a really great way that we bonded, you know, and he kind of raised me to be a nerd. I mean, the, my earliest memories involved Adam West Batman and Star Trek and Star Wars. <laughs> so <laughs> um, <laughs> that's, that's definitely something that has influenced me. And then um, around high school or high school, middle school, I was a pretty awkward, nerdy kid who didn't really get to eat lunch with all of the other kids. So um, around that time, I actually found Bendis' Ultimate Spider-Man, and that really resonated with me as the awkward, nerdy person that nobody really wanted to hang out with. So I kind of fell back in love with comics. And then when I went back to art school, and I ended up reading all these classic books for the writing for comics class, like Watchmen and Persopolis and Blankets and, oh, I don't know, uh, Dark, Knight Re- Dark Knight Returns. Um, I just kind of ended up getting into it even deeper and deeper. And mm. now here I am. So it started out really young. <laughs> I got to tell you, I, I've asked a few people the how did you get started in comics question. And that is the best and most heartwarming answer I have received on this show. <laughs> that is fantastic. <laughs> Thanks. I, uh, I tell my dad I blame him for everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, I'm sorry. I know you, you you definitely mentioned Star Trek, right? Yeah. Did, did you also mention Star Wars? Yes. I have to ask, what do you think of the new trailer? So I am, I'm trying really hard to not be as excited as I am. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> there's, there's like this, and I don't know. I mean, when the very first trailer dropped, I was, I was like, I'm not going to be excited. I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to hold off judgment and I'm going to be critical, you know, and I'm not going to get hyped up about this. Well, the first trailer drops and of course it's like that slow trek across the dunes and then the, the music slowly builds up. And at that point it's like a Pavlovian response right after like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I've known Star Star Wars for about 25 years now. I'm 27 getting close to 28. And it's just like this Pavlovian response of just like you're you're like almost weeping and you're just like, I don't care. I'll watch it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm so I'm just ready for this. Um, so, of course, I'm excited. And, of course, I have tickets already to go. <laughs> um, and I'm just really sincerely hoping that it's it lives up to the amount of excitement that Disney has already bestowed upon us. Mm-hmm. Um, because their hype machine has just made it so it's just a monster now yeah it's yeah. crazy the amount of stuff that's everywhere like yeah. they will they will make Star Wars I think the what really blew me away was when I saw Star Wars shower heads oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's that's incredible, but I, I I agree. It's it's very exciting. I think they're so far they've hit all the right nostalgia chords. Oh yes. I hope they have substance to back it up. Um, but honestly, uh, as soon as I saw the new redesigned stormtroopers, I was on board. Oh yeah, and it's kind of an amazing time to be a nerd right now because oh yeah, you know, like ten years ago, if you had asked if if you had told me that. I could go into Target and find an adult X-Wing fighter pilot costume. Yeah. I would have been like, what are, what are you smoking? Because nobody cares about Star Wars that much, you know? Mm-hmm. But I, I went into Target today, and there were 
you know, X-Wing fighter pilot costumes that I could wear as an adult. And it was like, wow, okay. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. It, it, but it's exciting at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's nice. It's nice because uh, this is the stuff we were into as when we were young and then we grew up and now we control the money <laughs> and this is what we're doing with it. And it's fantastic. Uh, it's, uh, it's, um, a better version of our childhood, essentially. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's so much that, I mean, there's so many different ways that now you can get involved with your favorite fandoms and your favorite, you know, your, your movies or your TV shows. And now they're not just movies and TV shows, they're comic books and their novels and their conventions mm-hmm. and their merchandising. I mean, it's, it's like a, it's just a whole new world out there. Definitely different from when, you know, I was, when uh, the original Spider-Man movie came out with Tobey Maguire and people were like, oh, this is cool. And there was like some stuff like now, if that movie came out now, there would be stuff everywhere. There would be merchandising and tie-ins and everything. Yep. That was like the very beginning of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That and the, uh, that X-Men movie that came out yeah. in 2000. Absolutely. So so good. Speaking speaking of uh, all the tie-ins, have you been reading the uh, the Marvel Star Wars tie-ins? Have well, so I haven't started the official Jason Aaron Star Wars title. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the trade, and I just really need to dig into it. And I haven't read the Kieran Gillen Darth Vader tie-in, Darth Vader uh, gra- uh, comic, but I've heard amazing things about it. Um, currently, I'm reading Shattered Empire, which is amazing um whoever decided to give greg Rucka a star wars comic and be like oh it's a military comic was a genius <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of like all of the things that he he just excels at just roll into the star wars universe mm-hmm. um and it's also hoping that it's coming out once a week so it's really easy to get to get really invested in it and also as well as to get my customers at the shop invested in it yeah, um, I also am really loving uh, the Chewbacca comic. Oh, the Chewbacca comic is so good. <laughs> it's so good, and it's it's. I keep telling everybody it's really cute, just in terms of him with this ten-year-old girl. But there's this language barrier, so you can't understand him either. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just really great to see the amount, just the artwork is gorgeous and it just care, helps carry that story because Chewbacca has to be very expressive because we don't know what he's talking about, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that really just helps drive the story and the creative team is just doing a great job just just on issue one alone. So I'm really excited for that one as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the uh, the Chewbacca series is probably my favorite of them all, which is, that's hard to say because they're all very, very good. Yeah. Um, the, uh, I think you're really going to enjoy the, the star Wars comic in particular because it, it's pulling in, um, elements from the prequels, yeah. which is kind of gross, but it incorporates them in a nice way, but it's also pulling in things from the old, old Marvel star Wars comics. Like, I think they talk about like Simon one or something like that, which was in wow. the, the comics that came out, you know, ages ago, ages ago. <laughs> So, um, folks, thank you uh, for listening thus far. Uh, and I beg your indulgence. We're going to have a quick word from one of our sponsors. Uh, and then we'll be back with more Asher Powell and more Panel Riot. Please stick around. 
The Petri family, the family that took time to bring you good wine, invite you to settle back comfortably and listen. And uh, while you're getting settled, I'd like to know if you like seafood. And by seafood, I mean everything from, well, from broiled lobster to fried halibut. Because if you like seafood, any seafood, you'll love it together with Petri California Sauterne. Fish and Petri Sauterne were made for each other. No kidding. Boy, I'll never in my life forget a broiled brook trout on the plate in front of me and a glass of well-chilled Petri Sauterne right next to it. Mm. That fish and that Sauterne. Mm. Petri Sauterne has a pale golden color that's really good to look at. And as for taste, well, that Petri flavor is really something. Take my word for it and try it, won't you? Oh, and I'll tell you something else. Try that Petri Sauterne with chicken sometime. <laughs> Look, I'd better stop before I get hungry all over again, but just remember this. The best friend a good meal ever had is a glass of Petri wine. Welcome back. Welcome back uh, to Panel Riot. Our sincere thanks to our sponsor, the Petri family, uh, the family that took time to bring you good wine. Boy, oh boy, do we appreciate you guys advertising with us uh, and us advertising for you. Um, we are talking to Asher Powell, and she's fantastic. We've been talking about Star Wars, and uh, let's pick up where we left off. We were talking about the um, the Marvel Comics adaptations. Now, all of those are considered canon now, right? Yeah, but, you know, I... If I'm correct, they've completely ditched the rest of the canon universe. Like all of the novels, which there was, there were some that were just absolutely iconic, as well as all the stuff that um, Dark Horse was doing as well. Yeah, that was, that was an interesting. Um, that was an interesting turn of events. I know quite a few people who were absolutely heartbroken that mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that was already pre-established was just going out the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mara Jade. Mara Jade now no longer exists. Yeah, yes. Um, do you think that they're going to use any of that material moving forward? Like, will they reintroduce a Mara Jade into their universe? You know, I I don't know because that is such a... As much as you would like for that to just be a creative issue, right? Um, it, it really comes down to a legal issue as to, like, who really owns those stories, you know, in terms of Dark Horse and the novels and all of that, I mean, that it becomes kind of, I guess, legally murky because of what Dark Horse was doing before Marvel. I mean, it really depends on on the types of contracts that were created, and there's a lot of, at least from my experience with corporations, there's a lot of corporate muddiness that kind of unfortunately gets involved with stuff like that. And that could have been why a lot of this was shelved and pulled, you know, from from the uh, universe. Or it could have just been that they wanted to just start over and have a fresh slate and kind of undo a lot of what had already been laid down because they wanted to go in an entirely different direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, is, it is a lot neater for them this way yeah. to just say well, we're just going to move forward with our own stories. Yeah, and we're, it's just gonna, nice. we're just going to bring in some of the best storytellers that are around cinematically as, as well as um, 
in comic book wise and just kind of turn them loose or give them a, you know, a general sense, uh, set of parameters to work with. Right. Um, so yeah, I can't really, I, I don't really know what the answer is to that. I'm, I would love to be able, I would love for some of what was already laid down to be, to be woven into the fabric of this new universe that we have. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's, it's kind of, I feel like it's entirely up to everybody who's higher up within the Disney corporation. Right. That's unfortunately what it tends to come down to is (laughs) 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 who's, who's up above calling the shots and deciding whether or not you can go forward with this type of stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, Let's switch gears a little bit. Um, And uh, I want to talk to you as, um, kind of as a writer because yeah. I'm, I'm kind of a process nerd. I love finding out how people work. Mm-hmm. Um, Life hacker has a great series of co- series of articles called how I work. And um, as someone who is breaking in, literally breaking into the comics business, um, having your first debut uh, coming out, what is your uh, what is your writing process like? What is that like? What is a very productive day for you um, when doing creative work? So a very productive day will probably be about generally getting up at around nine, getting coffee, sitting down, checking checking the internet, but trying not to fall down into like the the Twitter hole, you know, the black <laughs> hole of social media, mm-hmm. because. Um, I have very talented friends who are doing amazing things and who are talking about amazing things. And so of course, you know, I want to like follow every single link that they put up and, you know, know what's going on. But, um, a lot of times that's just kind of checking in then ignoring them for a while. And, uh, in general, what I tend to do is put on something in the background that I have watched or listened to so many times that, um, I don't necessarily have to think or, watch it. It's just Mm -hmm. kind of like white noise. And then just getting into whatever I'm working on at the time. Um, In general, I prefer to work at home, but sometimes if I have writer's block, I found that taking a drive somewhere, I'm actually pretty close to the Santa Cruz mountains. So maybe going up there to a coffee shop or something, or just something that breaks up my routine um, in general, I'll also do that. And so in that instance, I actually have a Chromebook because they're pretty cheap and durable and I don't have to worry about anything being deleted or, you know, if the book crashes, all of my work is lost because everything is saved in the cloud. So that's great for writing on the fly. Um, And yeah, just kind of sitting down and just working through whatever stage I'm in. A lot of times it'll start out as just like a really high concept idea. And then I'll kind of take the time to step away from the computer to really think about, okay, well, that's a cool idea that I came up with. But, you know, there has to be more than just this one image that I have in my head. There needs to be an actual story. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, it's just kind of the process of just getting – it's kind of – it's kind of like living with imaginary friends. Eventually your the imaginary friends start showing up and you're like, Oh, okay. So you are in, you're in this story and you're the protagonist and you're the antagonist or, you know, um, 
it just kind of starts coming to me. And at that point, I'm just taking a lot of notes. I have a notebook, but I also will write notes on my phone, like through Google Drive again. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is then just kind of taking those notes and pulling the structure from them. And then I tend to do things, I tend to do an outline or a series of outlines. And each time the outline gets more and more specific until all of a sudden you have uh, page breakdowns and then page breakdowns turn into panel breakdowns. And um, then all of a sudden dialogue is starting to be added and stuff like that. So it's kind of a big refining process for me um, throughout throughout the entire time that I have the idea for the story until the script is out the door. Cool. And then there's a lot of copy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any uh, any like idols in the uh, in the scripting world, or just anybody that you uh, you really like? Anyone whose uh, work that you follow? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm a huge Greg Rucka fan. I mean. As, as I spoke his praises for Shattered Empire. Um, let's see. Who else? Oh, man. I, I have others. Um, I mean, of course, I think everybody kind of worships the feet of Brian K. Vaughn just because of what he's done with Why the Last Man and Saga. And I absolutely adored his run on Runaways. Um, I think that that's just, that's just kind of like a seminal classic that doesn't get spoken of enough. Um, and I think that it desperately needs a movie. Uh, see who else? I'm sure that I could come up with with more, but I would say that those are those are two of my two of the ones that I probably look up to the most. Um, just because of the work, the work that they've done has kind of influenced me so much in terms of comics, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I get inspiration from all over, obviously, as a, as a nerd who's consumed, you know, Star Trek since they were three or four. I, I get a lot from elsewhere. Uh, right. Well, in, in that vein, uh, what, are you, uh, what are you reading now? Like, so, what, uh, what current titles are you keeping up with? So I'm trying to, as, as I work as a comics retailer, I try to read as much as possible just because I, would like, to, I like to be able to recommend things to my customers um, perfect example is uh, Clean Room right now by Gail Simone. It just came out through Vertigo Comics. It came out this last uh, this Wednesday. And I, I didn't see enough people picking it up, so I was co- constantly being like, hey, if you're, if you're a fan of Vertigo and, like, seminal classics that are, you know, coming out through Vertigo, this is really going to be something that's a lot bigger, you know, than what it is what's starting out as like, it's definitely got that slow burn type setup and it's kind of wonderfully creepy and messed up, you know, and it's just got all the makings of something that's, that's very, very classic in that vein. Um, but right now, uh, I'd say Batman and Robin eternal is actually a really great book. Um, as we all are, or I don't know if your readers or your listeners know yet, but Batman doesn't have his memories and he's not Batman right now and all of that. Well, in Batman and Robin Eternal, all of the Robins have returned to Gotham to work on a case. And also the other sidekicks are like joining the story as well. So it's really great because it's kind of like the bands all back together type deal. <laughs> and it's and it's really great because um, the, the creative team is doing a wonderful job in representing uh, – 
Grayson, Jason, and Tim. Like they all have very specific voices, and mm-hmm. um, everybody else who's popping in has has a great characterization, and it's a really compelling story overall. Um, another one that I'm really enjoying is Toil and Trouble through Archaea and Boom, um, and that is the retelling of Macbeth through the eyes of the three witches, and it's a very beautiful high fantasy comic, um, and it's that not, awesome. yeah, it's, it's kind of a totally different change of pace from what I normally read, and it's just very well done, it's very, it, the storytelling is extremely lovely, and the artwork is equally beautiful. And I just don't feel like enough people are reading that one. Um, and then as far as all of these new number ones that Marvel is throwing out at us, um, I would say Doctor Strange and Invincible Iron, Invincible Iron Man were actually probably two of the strongest ones that I really enjoyed and I'll be coming back to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doctor Strange was just excellent. There was, there was some really great stuff in there. And Invincible Iron Man, I'm actually not a huge Tony Stark fan, but Bendis was writing him so well. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of this, you know, asshole porn dog who, <laughs> you know, is like trying to do right. Um, it's it's just a really it's just a really great comic, and I enjoyed the second issue this week as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, uh, that's one of the ones that I felt was really strong after the. Um, uh, the whole Secret Wars business and the all-new Marvel Universe and all that. Have you been reading the Secret Wars titles? I have not been reading the Secret Wars titles. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's something that I, I should at least have like some general knowledge of. Um, but I'm. it's hard for me to... I'm, I'm not necessarily a Marvel person, really, um, by... by uh, by how I was raised, my dad was a DC guy, um, and as much as I grew up with the '90s Spider-Man and X-Men cartoon shows, <laughs> um, we were still kind of a Batman and Superman house. <laughs> so I tend to gravitate more towards uh, DC stuff in general, but I do feel like I should have a general knowledge of what's going on within Secret Wars. Mm. Um, and also, I kind of feel it's hard a lot of these times to follow a lot of this big two stuff when there's this huge renaissance or not necessarily renaissance, a golden age of indie comics that are out right now. Absolutely. I mean, image is leading the way, but you're seeing amazing stuff. Vertigo's launching their 12 titles Mm -hmm. and then Oni press is doing their talent hunt. And there's just a whole lot going on where there's new talent and you know, even if it's not new talent, it's the people who are the greatest writers in comics who are putting out their own ideas. And it's just, there's so many amazing things that don't involve, you know, tights and flights that you can really get heavily invested in. Yeah. Yeah. We've, uh, we've talked about it on the show before that the best comics that are coming out right now are almost all image comics. Mm-hmm. When you look at like the most critically acclaimed comics, like, um, like saga and like sex criminals and the wicked and the vine and everything like that, they're all, you know, creator owned titles. So, um, it's, there's more incentive than, than ever to stray away from the big two. Oh, ab- absolutely. Um, 
And I feel like in general, um, at least when I talk to my customers, there's also this feeling of reboot fatigue and event fatigue. Yeah. People will they'll start an event, but a lot of times they'll drop off. And you know, Marvel they pushed back their dates on Secret Wars, and they added and they extended the amount of uh, issues that it will run. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are that I've talked to are tired, and they don't really want to do number ones anymore and reboots and events and. Like they don't even want to talk about convergence, like it you know doesn't even exist, and it's just image books. They don't have reboots and they don't have events and stuff like that. I think the greatest, the probably the biggest event that I remember is, I mean, Kirkman will do bigger events on Walking Dead, and he did the Invincible War and Invincible, which is an incredible comic that's very underrated. I feel, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's even toying with the reboot right now with Invincible, but the way he's doing it is it doesn't actually reset to like one or anything like that. And I think that people just kind of want a continuing story that may have certain jumping on and off points, but you don't have to reboot it, you know, all the time. Yeah. And you, necessarily, and you shouldn't necessarily switch out the creative teams all the time either because People get attached to the way a character is being written. And when you switch the creative teams out, it changes the entire, the entire look and the the voice of that story. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is another great way to kind of have people lose interest on a title. Yep. I completely agree with you. Um, folks, we are going to have another quick word from our sponsors, and then we'll be back with uh, the lightning round of, uh, of Panel Riot with, uh, with Asher Powell. So please stick around. Thanks. Let's talk tech. Tech news discussions from the people in the industry right here in Pittsburgh. Online, gadgets, startups, and more. Check it out at awesomecast.net. Do you like professional wrestling? Want your discussions? No holds barred. Check out WrestlingMayhemShow.com for all the wrestling podcast flavor you can handle. Hi everyone. Do you like video games? Do you like reading about video games? Do you like listening to podcasts about video games? Why don't you check out InsertCoinToBegin.com? New articles going up daily, and you can check out our podcast, Boss Battle, on SorgatronMedia.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Man, all those podcasts sound so good. They're all available on the Sorgatron Media Network right now, right at this very moment. Go get them after you finish this podcast because this podcast is also very good. And this podcast is Panel Riot. We're back. We're talking with Asher Powell. Uh, We were talking about comics and wanted to to ask you uh, for some recommendations. But uh, seeing as you are the first comics retailer that we've ever had on the show, Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna present you with some customers, some some fictional customers, essentially, okay. and uh, they're gonna come into your uh, to Lee's comic shop, and uh, and say, "I'm looking for X. I'm I'm interested in this, and I would like to read comics. What do you recommend?" Okay. Yeah. So, are you ready? I am ready. All right. First person walks into your store, and they say. I tell you what, I just saw that dang Avengers movie and it just blew my mind. 
it just blew my mind. I've never read a comic in my life, but boy, that was a lot of fun. What, what should I get? What do you recommend to me? So this is where I walk them to our Marvel. We have a, a wall of, we have a series of bookcases that are just Marvel. It's like our aisle of Marvel. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I look at them and I say, okay, this is all of our Marvel stuff. But if we go to the front end, here are all of our Avengers titles. And I would pull out things like uh, Civil War, since that's upcoming, and being like, this is the new title, this is the title that the next movie's going to be based on. So if you would love to get caught up and understand what's going to be happening within that movie, you know, here's Civil War. Another thing that I would probably recommend is Winter Soldier, just because, you know, that was a huge chunk of uh, Captain America's run and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would be, I mean, you could do classics like Demon in a Bottle for uh, Iron Man. Oh, my gosh. I'm terrible at Thor. But <laughs> I would probably, you know, recommend something within the uh, current run and just be like, you know, Thor is uh, Thor's a woman now. And, you know, this is this is super great. I'm not going to spoil you spoil you who's Thor, but you know, <laughs> should be reading this. Um, there's a lot of different Avengers ones to recommend. And then I would probably also tap into our uh, vintage comics, hive mind knowledge that we have at the shop and try to pull things like the um, Steranko run of like shield and stuff like that. Um, the really great thing about our shop is we have a lot, we have as much modern stuff as we feasibly can carry. Um, we try to carry at least one issue, one trade of everything, but we also um, deal really well with a lot of the classic and vintage stuff. So then, you know, if they're looking for something that's a lot older, then we can definitely steer them in that direction as well. Cool. And uh, let me just say, I love that you refer to it as a hive mind. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's really good. You're a legion. Um, right. <laughs> Um, so somebody comes in and they say, uh, I am really into video games. I love them. I love RPGs and specifically, uh, games like Dragon Age and The Witcher and, uh, and things like that. And, uh, I'm looking for a comic that is very similar, something that I can read and will give me the same feeling as I get when I play them. Do you have anything like that? Oh man, this is, this is where I struggle because I, well, my friends work in video games. I, I do not necessarily play video games, so that's a little tough for me. Okay. Um, if we do actually, though, have a lot of stuff that is Halo, um, as well as stuff that's Predator and Alien, Predator versus Alien. So those are very similar, um, and there's a lot of cross-pollination there. We also have a lot of the Legend of Zelda um, manga, and so that would be another thing. If you were in something that was more classic, classic based, I would recommend that to you. Um, as far as, let's see, outside of the licensed stuff, it's really hard to call for me. Okay. I don't necessarily know what's, what that, what that would be. Although I'd probably be more, um, more inclined to go find somebody who knows more about comic books in the shop and be like, this person plays video games too, you know, <laughs> they will help you. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. How about this? Somebody comes into your shop and they say, I love Warren Ellis. He's my favorite writer, but I've read everything he has 
available? Uh, well, first of all, that's when you give them the, uh, oh my gosh, what's the name of the, the new title that he just came out with Marvel? Number uh, one. Karnak. Karnak. Yeah. That's when you give them Karnak and you're like, this is <laughs> Ellis. And Karnak is essentially a grumpy wizard, which I feel, which I feel is, is pretty good when you're talking about Warren Ellis characters. So <laughs> that's totally, like, that's 100% accurate for that comic. Yeah. <laughs> so you should be reading this right now. Um, mm. Oh man. In terms of things that are Warren ellis without necessarily being Warren Ellis, I mean, you can, you can probably tap into some Alan Moore stuff. Um, that would be the next, I would say, since we're doing, it, it feels like we would need to like start touching on the classics. So, um, there's some really great Alan Moore stuff out there. Uh, let's see like, oh, what else you do? Probably like what Swamp Thing, uh, Beef for Vendetta, Watchmen. Um, and then jumping out of Alan Moore, I don't know. I'd probably, Ellis did the authority. So then you would probably want to maybe do a continuation of the authority. And then there's some really great, hmm, I'd probably say some Batman titles. Except I'm drawing a blank on what I would necessarily recommend at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that would kind of be a a race around the store being just like finding things and building a pile and then being like, you don't have to buy all of these right now, but you should totally read all of these, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but we'll write you a list and then you can just bring in the list every week and we'll, we'll pull like the next title. Uh, so there's, yeah, that would, that would be a tough one. That would be a lot to, that would be a really great like jumping off point, but definitely just giving them Karnak and just being like, you just need to follow (laughs) this for a while. You haven't read this yet. Yeah. Um, okay. Last one. All right. Someone comes in your shop and they say, I have never read a comic book in my life. And I don't know why, but today I woke up and I decided, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to start reading comics. So first of all, you need to ask them what they're, what they like to read or what they like to watch, you know, because if they do like things like watching the old Superman movies or Batman movies or something or Spider-Man. I mean, like, say, say they, they were like, well, I really liked the the early 2000s Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire. Well, then that's when you give them, you know, like a bunch of Spider-Man titles. Or if they if they liked, uh, specifically, if they liked the Andrew Garfield uh, Spider-Man, I would give them Ultimate Spider-Man because his portrayal of Peter Parker is a lot closer to Bendis' run on Ultimate Spider-Man than anything else in the comics. Um I mean, if they like Superman, you would give them uh, Superman Birthright or, um, oh my gosh, uh, the Superman, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be blanking on this name, the Grant Morrison <laughs> All-Star Superman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot, it would just really depend if they th- like things that are more indie-based, well, then that's when you give them like Blankets and Persepolis. Um, if they're looking for... There's so many different ways that you could go and it would just depend entirely on what that, that what their interests were. You know, I mean, there's, there's great fantasy. You could give them Conan if they really love fantasy stuff or if they're looking for just 
you know, badass fantasy woman, well, then that's when you give them a copy of Gail Simone's run on Red, Red Sonia, and you just tell them, you know, to, like, if you don't like it, come back and talk to me, or if you do like it, come back and talk to me, because either way, I, I'll, I'll steer you in another direction, or we'll keep going in that direction. Mm -hmm. um, the really great thing with comics right now is that there's so many different things out there. I mean, you have all the classic stuff, the Kirby stuff, the Stan Lee stuff, um, and then as well as the, the just absolutely, um, uh, I don't want to say classic again, but the, the, the stuff that happened in the 80s was amazing. I mean, that was, that was all during a very different time, and there were different ideas and emotions that were being ex expressed, but those are still excellent, excellent books in terms of, you know, you have what you have all of the daredevil that, um, Frank Miller was doing and all of the, uh, and Sin City was, was later, but I mean, but also Alan Moore and, um, yeah, there was an entirely different era of comics. And then you have everything that's happening right now with sex criminals and rat queens Rat queens would probably be something that I would refer the first customer or the second customer to who was looking for something that's maybe more uh, RPG based. If they mm -hmm. want to do something that's more like uh, Witcher or um, Dragon Age, just because it's it's built around you know fantasy gaming and it's kind of like this amazing love letter to that. But at the same time, it's very comedic and it's very fun and it's very um, a beat, but at the same time, they're still trying to save the Palisades from angry tentacle monsters and stuff like that. <laughs> so that's kind of the great thing about when somebody comes in and and they either are telling you, "We, I've never read a comic before," or my kid, I get this a lot. My kid is having problems with reading, but you know, I they suggested comic books. Mm -hmm. Then it's, you sit down and you're like, "Okay, well, what do you?" what do you want to read? And then all of a sudden I'm, I'm telling them about adventure time or amulet or there's, you know, a million other great kids books out there too. And lumberjanes and stuff like that. So that that's kind of the great thing about when somebody comes in and they don't know, you just, you just start asking them questions and you just start <laughs> narrowing it down and narrowing it down. until you have a really great stack of books that is kind of tailored just to them. Right. Cool. Fantastic. That was a really good answer. <laughs> um, so uh, again, switching, uh, switching gears slightly. Um, I would be remiss in my duties if I didn't ask you before we let you go. Uh, do you have any advice to people looking to looking to start writing comics and working in comics? You are literally living the dream <laughs> right now. You've gone from someone who, uh, just was writing and worked hard and got discovered and now has a book coming out by a major publisher. And a lot of people, you know, have that same dream. So what is your, what is your recommendation to uh, burgeoning writers and artists? Well, so first of all, you need to, this is something that I've noticed with a lot of either young writers or artists is what you are doing right now is not precious. And <laughs> it is, you know, it's okay to move on to the next thing and um, to just keep working, you know, just 
keep getting mileage under your belt. It's there's a saying that you have a thousand bad ideas before you have a good one. So it's like you need to get started on getting over all of those bad ideas until you get to the good one, right? Um, another thing is I really stress working with anthologies. Um, no publisher wants to hear about your 100-issue magnum opus that's going to be the next Why the Last Man or Fables <laughs> or anything. They don't want to hear that. Um, and it's a joke that I that I make when I pitch short stuff. It's like, oh, you don't want to hear my 100-page, you know, whatever. You know, because, of course, I have one of those, but I'm never going to pitch that to anybody right now because they want to see short stuff. Short stuff shows, short scripts, short stories show editors, they show publishers, they show people in the industry that you know how to tell a complete story from beginning, middle, and end. And long-form scripts and long-form stories are very easy to write, you know, because you have lots of space, lots of room to breathe. But a short story is harder because you only have so much real estate to get from point A to point B. So just practice, practice short stories, get involved with anthologies and do short comics. Um, and that'll show people that you can tell a story in a limited amount of space. And that's really, that's where you're going to be able to shine. And then you'll get longer projects. You'll be asked to do longer things, but you need to be able to t- show people that you can do something very, very, very small before you can do the big stuff. Um, The last thing that I would really press is to go out and network. Um, As somebody who actually has a great degree of social anxiety, I was not, I, I can come off as actually a very extroverted and very confident person now. But when I started doing this, I didn't really like to talk to people and I didn't, I certainly didn't like to talk about my work. Um, but going to conventions and networking with people and and just being able to be up front and just talking about talking to people, that is really what helps build my confidence as a creator, but also helps build my network. Um, I'm I really stress that people should be on Twitter, they should be conversing with fellow comics creators and that will help them in the long run because people start knowing who you are as a person and what you're about. And some of that comes from just going to conventions and just talking to people and shaking hands and giving business cards and asking them, are you on Twitter? Let's connect on Twitter. You know, what's your, what's your Twitter handle? Um, and sometimes it's the reverse. You meet somebody on Twitter through a friend and then all of a sudden a year later, you've never met, but you're going up to them at a convention and you're shaking your hand and you're like, you do not know what I look like, but I'm at Asher Powell. And I've had that happen where people all of a sudden look at me and the light turns on and they're like, oh my God, you're Asher, you know? <laughs> and um, yeah, it's just networking helps your collaboration and it just helps who you are as a creator and it helps give you confidence. Um, I know a lot of creators both writers and illustrators who don't like to do that. And I think that the lack of putting themselves out there hurts them, you know, because they don't really, they don't really connect with everybody within the community. And it's a, it's a small community and 
it's very easy to, to meet people, and people are generally nice, but, you know, we all kind of like to be in our little bubble, and it's, it's hard to break out of that, so I really stress kind of getting out of your comfort zone and, and talking to people and networking and building your, your social media network. It's, it's huge. Fantastic. That's awesome. Asher, thank you so much for joining us uh, on this week's episode. I, I really, it really means a lot to me that you came on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, Vertigo Comics, uh, Vertigo SFX, number three on sale now, right now. Go and buy it. Um, uh, tell the, your comics retailer that you want this. Put it in your folder. Go and pick it up uh, as at your earliest convenience. Uh, Asher, where can people find more of you and your stuff? So um, you're going to find me mostly on Twitter, at AsherPal, and then I have a Tumblr that I should be updating more frequently, which is uh, asherpal.tumblr.com, I believe. Fantastic. Cool. Well, again, thank you so much for being on the show, and uh, I look forward to seeing what great things you do next. All right. Thanks for having me on the show. It was great. Sure. Uh, folks, before we close the book on another episode, I have a few things to share with you. Uh, first, I would like to encourage you to check out Soul Sworn, the excellent webcomic by Zach Staten. Uh, it has everything you could want. Adventure, cursing, violence, inappropriate gestures. It's all there. Check it out at soulsworn.webcomic.ws. Uh, would you like more Panel Riot? Well, more is available. You can find us at our crystalline base of operations, panelriot.com. From there, you can do all manner of things, including donating to the cause. Become a Patreon supporter of Panel Riot, and you will have my undying gratitude, as well as a few Patreon exclusives. Each and every month, I will review a random comic for your exclusive enjoyment. Just click the link that says Patreon and go from there. You'll join the pantheon of supporters currently helping the show run smoothly with their hard-earned dollars. Uh, Our sincere thanks to Meredith Staten at Mayor Bear Doodles, Tony Garza at The W Revolution, Ed Burke at Ed Burke 37, and of course, the man himself, our benevolent overlord, Sorgatron at Sorgatron. On a scale of 1 to 10, they are the best. You can find us on Twitter at Panel Riot. I'm at DJ Lunchbox, and you can also follow the uncomfortably hip intern Stan at Intern Stan. You can hear us all over the place, including Stitcher, Smart Radio, Spreaker, and of course iTunes. If none of those work for you, you can also head over to PanelRiot.com and click the link that says Most Recent Episode. From there, you will be whisked away to a land of browser descriptions, episode players. I mixed all that up. I hope you enjoy it. If you're an iTunes listener, please rate and review the show. Helps more people find the podcast, and you will get Colossus-style abs if you do. Please send us an email, panelriot at gmail.com. Tell me what you're reading, what you like, what you don't like, what you would recommend uh, to random people coming into your comic shop, and uh, what you thought of Asher Powell's comic. Thanks for listening, True Believers. Until next week, when hopefully I will have thought of a catchphrase. Panel 
Riot is a proud member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com. Let's go out to the lobby. Let's go out to the lobby. Let's go out to the lobby and have ourselves some wine. Petri wine. <laughs>